you know, what is the desire to do the steps to get there? Or is the desire to sit at home and watch TV is better? Because everything is driven by a desire to do something. So the desire to do nothing or the desire to get up and get active. Right, guys, here for episode two of the MitFit podcast. Today, we have the legend in the personal training game, Hugh Hanley. How are you today? I'm very good. And yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. As we are talking, no one can see this, but you are in your in your gym. How have you found um, training and stuff during lockdown so far? Yeah, so I've obviously got a decent home gym, so I've been all right, to be honest. I've had, I have kids, so I've been able to train, but obviously I've seen a lot of my friends and uh, colleagues that have struggled, so it's been tough for people. But I think like anything, something is better than nothing, so do, do a little bit is the right, is the right way to go. No, 100%. I think that if anything, the the first lockdown kind of showed people that even just going for a walk or going for a run and just kind of getting out and about makes makes a massive difference. Yeah, exactly. Something is better than nothing, as you say. Yes, exactly. Um, and that kind of leads me on to the, the first question I've got for you is how did you, well, one, how did you kind of start your own training journey? And how did that then lead to you getting into the fitness industry? Yeah, so I started out playing sport like most young boys growing up in Ireland. Uh, played sport and then I got to quite a high level at a couple of different sports. And then at around 15, I decided to concentrate on golf, of all things. <laughs> uh, golf was kind of my bread and butter. And I ended up playing golf at a high level. I ended up going down to South Africa to play on the Sunshine Tour. Uh, I ended up going to Florida to compete at a high amateur level. So my handicap of golf was plus two. And obviously at that level then... We got into the National Academies is where I kind of came into understanding training and fitness. And then we were kind of put on it. This is back in the day when Tiger Woods was bursting onto the market uh, with his big guns. And then obviously (laughs) as an aspirational golfer growing up, I was like, I want to be like Tiger and I want to have big guns. And then I kind of found my way into the gym, to be honest. And that was a good 20 plus years ago now. And I've never looked back. That's the, the short version of how I ended up in the fitness industry. Yeah, and I was going to say, you don't have to put a specific date on it if you don't want to. Um, How did you then kind of, um, obviously, that's how you got into fitness and training and stuff, which is good. And we kind of talked with um, Jordan on the first episode about how important strength and conditioning is for his sport. Um, What kind of made you realize that you wanted to then take the skills and everything that you'd learn and kind of educate others? Yeah, so I, I, I was one of the lucky ones. That I, had, I come with a high motivation. I'm very driven in that respect. And I just fell in love with fitness and everything about it. And then like most people, when you're kind of into fitness and you start seeing results, you get asked a lot of questions, the usual, oh, what are you doing? How do you do that? How, what, how do you train? What are you eating, et cetera, et cetera. And I just enjoyed giving back. Uh, so I kind of just started giving back out of sheer passion for helping people in the, in the industry. And then over time moved into the business side of it and kind of started helping growing fitness and PT businesses. Uh, so it was pure, just passion brought me into it as kind of what I got into it. And then as I've grown through the years, it's obviously become a stable of my coping mechanism in life. Like everyone, how do I deal with certain things when they're thrown at me and how do I go through the challenges of life? And, you know, for me, because of my passion for fitness and my understanding, that's always been my kind of uh, my meditation and my wellness space has been my training for me. Uh, and it's kept me very sane. I would like to think my wife might say different, <laughs> but it's kept me very sane for 20 years. Yeah, decent. I think um, a lot of people will agree that exercise is definitely their safe space. It's their kind of where they go to clear their head, no matter how bad or how good your day is, a workout will always, always make it better in my eyes. Um, yeah, I'm always, a big believe- I'm always a big believer 
or when the body when the body moves the mind groups do you know what i mean yeah. and it's just about getting out getting active and you know you'll always feel better it's just how do you motivate yourself and how do you you know as a trainer how do you motivate clients they're the two different questions you really need to we need to answer yeah and i guess that kind of leads me on really well to the next question so like yourself i've always kind of played sport at a high level so it was all about just it was my fun activity so like no one like no one's going to say no to what they do for fun but it's kind of on those days where you you maybe can't be bothered for those people who are maybe new into exercise or haven't kind of found that intense enjoyment that we have like what would your advice be to them in terms of like getting started and and i guess just staying committed in the in the early stages which is when it is hardest for most people yeah and there's there's no magic pill it's just about you know creating a process and and sticking to that process so it's kind of like sitting down and having your main goal whatever that macro goal is and then breaking it into micro cycles and i don't mean that in a technical perspective it's about whatever that person wants to achieve, it's about breaking it down into tangible results and things they can do every day. And it's just creating small behaviors. I think, you know, where a lot of the fitness industry and we're all guilty of it is to our clients is we, we, we don't make it simple. We kind of go after the big carrot and go, this is what you want to do. This is how we're going to do it. But the great trainers and great coaches break it down into small steps and they understand the education that sits behind it and helping people. So I think it's for when you're working with people and they're lacking in a bit of motivation early on, it's just to make it really simple. Just do one thing for the next seven days. Is that a 10 to 15 minute walk? Is that having three servings of greens a day when you mightn't have been having or you know, drinking water? But just do this for seven days and that one behavior is enough. And then in week two, we can do a second behavior. Uh, and then people start feeling that they get the momentum and they start winning and then they, they enjoy the process. But it's, I think it is just keeping it really simple. We often think of, you know, weight loss goal and, you know, chipping away at it for three, four weeks and nothing's happening. And then the demotivation steps in. But if you're creating small little steps along the way, you start to feel good because you're having all these little wins as you go. Yeah, no, for sure. I said that to a lot of my clients. It's like, let's just get you an initial win. Like we, we know like in, in week one, they're not going to drop a ton of fat, but we can maybe drop a little bit of water weight. And yes, okay, it's just a start, but it's it's that small win, seeing maybe the scales move or maybe you feel better, you're sleeping better, or just that kind of invigoration from having a workout or like you said, kind of going out for walks. Um, I think that is that is massively key. And I think being realistic as well, is massively important like you said we can especially with social media and nowadays people can very much kind of set unrealistic expectations yeah. um and it's kind of like you said writing down goals um and then monitoring it and then seeing like if if maybe you don't achieve it in the first week it's could you have done better or, or did you do as much as you feel you can and then what can you take into into that next week exactly and it's understanding what is your desire so if your desire is to achieve the goal you know what is the desire to do the steps to get there or is the desire to sit at home and watch tv is better because everything is driven by a desire to do something so is the desire to do nothing or the desire to get up and get active you know you as, as a as a, someone who's lacking motivation you need to understand that desire and catch yourself when you see that your desire to do nothing is outweighing your desire to be proactive uh, and that's where people fall into that lazy thing of i'll just skip it today i'll just skip it tomorrow uh, and that's where a good coach will spot that. And you reach out and connect to them and go, and okay, I see, I see you haven't done any activity for two or three days. What's going on? We need to chat. We need to get sorted. We need to reconfigure your goals and get after it again. Yeah, no, massively. And I think that working with a coach, whether you're a, a pro player um, or whether you are someone that's just starting out, I think always having that accountability and support is massive. Um, and I think that lockdown 
has shown us that kind of being part of a community, whoever that is, whether it's family, friends, colleagues, a fitness community, whatever, just being part of something bigger where people are working towards something similar can be can be a massive help because there'll always be a point where one of you is feeling motivated and one of you isn't and then yeah. you can kind of bounce off the the because mo motivation comes and goes and you can kind of yeah. then bounce off the ones that are really feeling it because we, we've all been there with training sessions when you're like oh, i can't be bothered today and then you just go into it and by the end you're like oh that's actually quite a good session or yeah. um especially when you're playing sport and stuff and you have that team around you obviously with golf it's slightly different because it is all on you but then you would have still had your, your trainers your coaches yeah. your your therapists and stuff like that um yeah. i guess kind of one thing that i wanted to talk to you about because i know you know more about this than me um is a lot of kind of people have been questioning me on on the menopause and how how that's changing their bodies and stuff and how they can stay committed and understanding more about it and um, i guess if you could just share some insight on that that would be yeah. massively useful yeah, so uh, obviously I'm not going through menopause. <laughs> you sure? <laughs> Just to put that out there. But uh, no, so so basically my my wife is going has has been going through early menopause for five years. Through uh, she had selective surgery for a cancer gene she carries. So she's been going through menopause for five years. Uh, started at 35, so she started quite young. Uh, and she was very regimented on her training, trained five days a week, you know, was focused on her nutrition, was, was, it was very high important to her. And then obviously through menopause, there's been a lot of changes in her body and her, um, how she approaches her nutrition and her training. And it's been interesting as a, as a partner and a, a trainer to sit back and see how that's affected her because, you know, it's very easy as a trainer when you don't understand menopause to go, well, you just need to show up and get on with it. It is what it is. We need you here at this time and this is the session and we're going to train. And then obviously seeing my wife go through who's, who was highly motivated on her training and seeing how much it's affected her. It kind of gives you that other side of the lens to see it. So I think it's, it's hard to see the uh, different changes in uh, a female's body and how they don't understand because they're not aware of it sometimes. And by that, I mean, as in the motivation can shift, the drive can shift. Uh, you know, in our, in our menopausal experience, my wife struggles sometimes. And then it's after this situation, she realizes that her hormones were out of kilt and she was out of sorts. So I think it's something that uh, the women obviously are aware of, but they really need to understand the impact it plays on training. And that's, you know, training will definitely help make them feel better because it releases the good hormones. Um, you know, strength training will help with releasing the other hormones, like the growth hormones, et cetera, that they, they want. But ultimately, the big thing as well, I think, for people going to menopause is understanding good nutrition because there's a lot of micronutrients they need to get on top of with true good nutrition. And that's probably the best, the biggest thing that we've learned is understanding the right foods, how to eat into her body. And then someday she just doesn't feel like moving and just not being hard on herself and accepting that's okay. You know, your body's going through a massive change. It's, it's natural. Uh, you just push yourself as you see fit and accept that someday you're not going to feel like that. Whereas pre-menopause, you know, she was a no days off kind of girl. I'm in here to train, doing my weights and you know, I'm eating my vegetables and my protein, but that's not realistic anymore for her. And she's had to also change the personal goals as well and accept that with this change, everything had to shift slightly. And it's been hard for her to adapt. And I presume many women go through it, but I do think it's important they understand there's light at the end of the tunnel, but you just have to adapt slightly and then educate yourself a bit more on, on nutrition and what training you can and can't do. 
Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that um, it's kind of, it's a great example of when you kind of, you definitely need to get to learn like your body because everyone's body is different and menopause will, will affect every woman different. Like you said, some people yeah. I've worked with clients, similar age who have had it, they've gone through it quite early and I've worked with clients in their sixties and they're just starting. And it, it kind of, as with pregnancy and menopause and everything, really, it just affects everyone differently. So I guess kind of touching on what you said is don't be too hard on yourself it's a natural process it happens to everyone well every woman um and um then just kind of like reevaluating your goals based on how you're feeling and i guess like it's in this day and age it's like no pain no gain no days off graft grind like 24 7 all of this is kind of splurted out everywhere but actually sometimes the best thing for your body is rest sometimes yeah, absolutely. And I think the days, you know, where, you know, staying on the topic of menopause, if you're, you're lacking sleep or you're going through hot sweats, the last thing you want is you feel like is going into a gym and getting after it. And that's where you need to be able to take the pressure off yourself. And one workout's not going to make a massive difference, but, it, you know, accept that as part of it and understand it. And it's, uh, it's, hard, it's like I say, it, it's hard, it was hard, it's hard to see what the changes has had for my wife, but she's learning to deal with it and educating herself. And she's five years into the menopause journey. And it's still an ongoing journey. And the first year or two, she fought herself a lot, as in she was really hard on herself. Why am I not motivated? Why am I not training? I should be this. I don't feel like that. And she was having battles with herself that were because she was hard on herself. And I think in time, she learned to ease up a little bit and accept that I can't be the person I was, but I've got to make do with the person I am now and what that looks like and how I can make the best of what I have going forward. And now she lives you know, a, a great life, but it took a couple of years for her to understand the different changes that was happening. Yeah, I guess it must have been hard for her to have been someone who was naturally, like yourself, so motivated, driven, didn't need kind of external factors to get up and go, would just do it, to then kind of being in a position where she lost that, but then yeah. couldn't understand why because she'd been a certain way for so long then all of a sudden like she wasn't that way anymore and it's <clears throat> it's good for people to know that like everyone no matter who you are no matter where you are everyone goes through that at some point whether it's menopausal or not we all have bad days we all have bad weeks but like one yeah. one bad day of eating doesn't ruin six months of progress it's then if you kind of allow yourself to fall off kind of the journey then that's when it unravels but I guess it's kind of cut yourself a break sometimes like don't be don't be lazy but just kind of understand when maybe those maybe those those times where you need to maybe just rest a bit more or, or even just reduce the intensity or reduce the duration if you're someone that runs maybe don't go as far maybe don't run for as long maybe slow down the pace maybe go with a buddy and focus more on catching up with a friend as opposed to hitting pbs and kind of adjusting it to your situation yeah, no, exactly. I think that's the easier said than done, but that is the big yeah, mind, sure. mind shift that uh, I think people need to just be aware of and understand. And then, you know, there's, there's a hormonal, so you're going to feel all different sort of things. So it's, uh, it's definitely a tough process for, uh, for women. And I think, you know, without passing all the book, I think as men, we need to be a bit more supportive mm. uh, because it's obviously hard for them to see the change. And, you know, I know from my journey with my wife, at the start of my support levels were probably a little bit low because I was still up at 6 a.m. to train and couldn't understand why she wasn't up at 6 a.m. because we'd always been up at 6 a.m. Mm. Um, and then that caused conflict in a different way. But, you know, you work through it. So I think as, even as men, we need to understand it better and be a bit more supportive. And, yeah. definitely, and definitely as trainers, 
you know, I think as a trainer now, if somebody comes into me and they're in menopause, I'm a lot more aware and looking for what's going on with them and understanding them and understanding their sleep and their, their, uh, the effects of menopause on them and knowing when to put the foot to the floor and when to back off. And, you know, it's still ultimately seeing, you know, as a trainer, it's seeing the potential that client has, but knowing how to get them there slightly different. You know, if they're in their late 20s, you know, when they come in, we're going after it, we're pushing hard. It's, we're, if we're deadlifting, we're going for PBs, we're, we're going. If it's somebody in menopause, we're still going to get after their goal. We're just going to potentially have more days where we slow it up a little bit, you know, and, and take a different approach. But the, the goal doesn't change. We just got to be a bit more flexible in how we get there. I think that's some um, incredible advice, to be fair. And I think um, my next and kind of final question would be, what would be your top three tips for anyone listening? Not necessarily menopausal, but just... Yeah in terms of lockdown, the pressures of seeing everyone around you seemingly gliding through lockdown easily when, I mean, even for myself, the first lockdown, I was so busy with work, but it did get towards the end. And I was kind of thinking like, wow, I do just need a couple of days off. Um, and kind of what would your advice be then for people that to kind of stay, stay on track, keep working towards their goals, but also not feel the, the external pressures? Yeah, I think it's a tough one for me to answer because I'm probably built slightly different. And that's what my wife always tells me because I don't, I'm a glass half full kind of guy. You know, I don't pay attention to any of the negativity in the world. I only see the, the world smelling of roses. So <laughs> I'm, I, I know that's not what people want to hear, but that's unfortunately the way I'm built and, I, and, I, and the way I look at life. Now, my wife is probably the, the chalk and cheese. But I think for me is, you know, always something every day that makes you feel good about yourself. And, and then that's not being too hard on yourself, you know, I always push back on, you know, we talk about in the fitness world, this 10,000 step rule, which is obviously just made up by uh, somebody who was inventing watches and they wanted just to have an understanding of steps. But ultimately for me, I would just say to a client, look, if you're not feeling good today, you average 6,000 steps this week. Can you go and do 10% more steps next week? So I want you to do 6,600 steps. And there's your small win. I've only asked you to do 10% more in your steps. You're going to feel good about yourself at the end of the week because you've done something that makes you feel better. So always find time to do something, or whether that's doing a two or three gym sessions, but find a commitment to do something for yourself. Um, the last lockdown, you know, for me, I, I spent a bit more time listening to podcasts just because I had more time on my hands and I enjoyed it. I probably spent more time walking. So I think it's just finding that way of doing more things for yourself. Um, I would say, and again, this is probably the wrong thing for me is I don't drink. So I'm a, tea, I'm a teetotaler. Uh, but I think people just need to be, be wary not to use lockdown as an excuse to go get tanked Monday to Sunday uh, because there's no good that comes of that. You know, it's a stimulant. You wake up the next day, you don't feel as good. And that's only putting you on the back foot straight away. So it's keeping your discipline, keeping your principles. Like I still get up at 6 a.m. every day and train, even though I'm in lockdown, because that's my routine and I want to stick to my routine. Uh, so therefore, nothing changed for me in that respect. So I think it's that, that would be my advice is just do something every day that makes you feel good. Don't go and get absolutely tanked just because you're in lockdown and you don't have to get up as, as early as you did and stick to a routine because, you know, if this lockdown ends and we're coming out of it in January, you want to go into 21 on the front foot and in a good place because hopefully, you know, we're going to have a great year next year and this, this virus disappears. But you want to go in there in a good position, you know, whether it's health-wise, if it's just fitness you're after or career-wise, it's better to have done something that makes you feel better in January than 
you know, hammer yourself between now and Christmas and then wake up in January going, oh my God, I have a ton of weight to lose or I'm so demotivated in life um, because it's going to come around either way. You just got to be yeah. going into it in a better way. Yeah, that's, that's some... Yeah, I don't know if that's any good. Yeah, no, 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 that's, that's great. And I, I remember actually um, posting on my story uh, last week kind of saying that like, you have you don't need to think about how much it's going to cost you right now you need to think about how much it's going to cost you in six months time to be in the same place it's like whether you like it or not january's coming do you want to go into yeah. this january on the front foot or do people want to do kind of what they do most of the time and try and start in january and it, it never it never lasts and the reason it doesn't last is because it's there's so much hype around it whereas can yeah. you i say to some people can you even just start a week earlier because then it doesn't feel then at least you're, you're doing something so that when you, january comes around it's like that extra motivational kick but it's not the start but uh, and exactly and if you're stuck at home right now and you commit to commit to a goal you know you've never had a better time to prep food you're in your kitchen you know you're near your kitchen so you can make healthier foods you've no excuses of oh i can never be healthy because i'm always on the go and work and i'm always busy you know you now you now have got more time in the mornings to prep your food and you can have warm food at lunch i think that for me is the biggest change for me in last lockdown is for the first time in 20 years i was having warm lunches because i've been eating out of tupperware for 20 years <laughs> uh, and that's what i enjoyed the most it's actually well it's nice to have warm food for lunch but I think, you know, it's a great opportunity for people to actually, if that's their goal, health and wellness, to start investing more time in themselves. And that's the way I look at it is, you know, I have more time to train, I have more time to invest in my own development. Whereas when life goes back to normal, I've got to get out of the house at seven to get to work. I've got to commute, you know, I'm busy in work. I've got a social life, hopefully, that <laughs> comes back. Whereas right now I don't have any of that stuff. So I might as well take the time to look after myself a bit more and spend more time with people. Well, I can't really spend more time with people I want to, but uh, spend more time with my family. <laughs> yes, no, exactly. Um, which hopefully you want to spend time with. No, I'm joking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, so kind of, I think like they say it takes like 28 days to build a habit, 21 to 28 days. And I guess like initially they're saying it's going to be four weeks. So like if you can, while pubs and clubs and shops and cinemas and everything is shut, like you said, can you get in the habit of eating a regular lunch, which can be warm, it can be homemade. I know you, from your stories, you love a burger like me, homemade yeah. burger. 